But when they never come back and say, oh, you quoted this statistic one time. And I, it's no, it's always, I remember it best when you told me that story. So we use it in Iron Sharpens Iron. We use it in View from the Top. I use it in coaching. I tell story after story after story every single day related to my 38 years of being an entrepreneur. I'd say, let me tell you a little story about when I was 35 years old and this happened. I'll tell the story. Let me tell you about what Robin and I did in 37 years of marriage. Let me tell you what we did at this point. Or let me take you back to when we first got married. Let me tell you a little story about that. They remember those things. I think storytelling is absolutely paramount for our success in whatever we're doing because people remember it. From cave drawings to family histories to stories around the fire, humans crave order among chaos, connection amid isolation. So we tell stories. Our mission at the Storytellers Network is to bring the art of story to the masses. Whether you're in marketing, you're an entrepreneur, or you're developing your own personal brand, telling your story effectively can make the difference between celebrating milestones and collecting unemployment. The Storytellers Network strives to help storytellers tell their stories so you can learn from the best. Now, your host, the inbound evangelist himself, Dan Moyle. Welcome to the Storytellers Network Podcast. I am so glad that you're joining us today. In this episode, we talk with businessman, life coach, and all-around good guy, Aaron Walker. Big A is absolutely a phenomenal guy, a great storyteller. Of course, as a, as a, a Yankee, I love the Southern draw that he has, so he's a storyteller to me just by that. But anyway, but we talked to Aaron about uh, his storytelling craft, his successes, his stumbles, in other words, his story. But before we get into today's conversation, just a reminder to find us online, thestorytellersnetwork.com for more episodes, for how to contact us, and for other resources to help you tell your story. And if you like what we're doing here, please leave us a review. It helps us to reach new storytellers and help others out there. And if you don't like it, walk away. No worries, right? Anyway, thank you to Podcast Pilot and Casterly for supporting this movement so early on. Look, if you want experts on the podcast world, like how to start your very own podcast, Talk to the teams headed up by the legendary Jamie J. Now, let's get to the stories. All right, so Aaron Walker is joining us, as I said. Man, welcome to the show, Aaron. Uh, or can I, can I go with Big A? Is that all right? Come on, call me Big A, Dan. I like <laughs> it when you call me Big A. All right, so, we'll do that. Thank you, man, for having me on. I'm pretty fired up. I've been looking forward to this all day. So That's thank awesome. You for having me on. Yeah, man, it's my pleasure. So you and I met uh, through Tom Schwab that I that I work with the Interview Valet. But you know when I, when when I heard about you, I, I I thought this guy can't be real. But man, you are. You are real to the bone. Well, I don't know about that. It depends on who you talk to at the moment, I guess. I just love life, though. You know what I'm saying? I love to have a good time. I love to enjoy family and friends and do business. And uh, I just enjoy it. So people said, man, are you always this after? No, not always. I get tired. But I try to live life to its fullest, man. That's what we've got to do in order to have a great, fulfilled life. So anyway, I guess I'm real as I can be. Yeah, well, that's that's what I love about you. Uh, so doing what you do and doing what, what we both yeah. do, you know, podcasts and this kind of stuff, we can do it from anywhere in the world. So storytellers can live anywhere, work anywhere. So I want to find out where you are geographically right now doing what yeah. you do. I'm in Nashville, Tennessee, just outside of Nashville, about 12 miles north of Nashville in Hendersonville, Tennessee. So 
proof that you really can do this from anywhere. You're in, you're in Tennessee. I'm in Southwest Michigan. So storytellers have no boundaries when it comes to that. Right. You know, what's cool is I've done interviews from so many places. I've been on vacation. I've been with clients at spots and say, Hey, I need 30 minute break and go and do these interviews. And it's location independent. I mean, we've been on vacations, cruises on islands. We've been, you know, wherever. And that's what I love about technology. We can work from any location. And do you find that those locations uh, lend themselves to great places to find your storytelling uh, skills as well to hone those in? Yeah, I think it does. I think everybody needs a break a little bit. And when I'm on vacation, get rested up, you know, it even gives you more energy and creativity. And so I think that you have to craft your story. I think it's ongoing. It's not something that you just have naturally. And you find out what works. You find out what doesn't work. And, you know, you do more of what works and you leave off the things that don't work. And uh, I think it's an ongoing quest. I don't think you ever get to a point where you go, oh, no, I've got it dialed in. This is where it's going to stay because things change. And your story changes in regards to, you know, the relationships and the people that you build those with. And I think you have to, I think it's a craft. I think it's ongoing. And so you, you talk very naturally about storytelling. Have you always considered yourself a storyteller? No, my wife says I'm a storyteller sometimes. <laughs> but anyway, that's not the same kind of story. But, you know, uh, I was in bricks and mortar for, you know, 30 years plus. Uh, and I've only been in the online space about six years now. And I'm finding a need to craft my story even better because we're reaching people nationally and internationally. And I can't necessarily say I was a storyteller early on. My dad really enjoyed life. And I love being with my dad. My dad was a great storyteller. So I guess I learned a little bit of it about being around my dad and watching him. People love to be around my dad. He was always the center of attention, the focus, the energy. He brought the energy. And I think I learned that through my dad. But I think that really, for me, it's only been in the past six or seven years. Now, as, a, as a, an audio storyteller, that energy is plain to see and hear. Can you transfer that into writing? Is that difficult to do? Well, you know, honestly, I didn't know I was a writer either until I wrote my first book. And I started writing some blogs. And one day, my grandchildren were over at the house. And I discovered something that maybe is helpful to other people as well. It was loud inside the house. And I've got to have it kind of quiet when I write. And I was writing a blog. So I put my earphones on. It's got the noise reduction, you know. And I put Kenny G on. I love jazz. And so I put Kenny G on. And honestly, Dan, it took me to a place I've never been before. I was able to think better. So the majority of the things that I write now has some kind of jazz music playing in the background because it just allowed me to go to a spot mentally I had not been before. So try that. Some of you guys get blocked or you can't tell a story, uh, get some music. I can't do music with words. I've got to have just the music because it disrupts you when they're singing. <laughs> but that music in the background really helped me, and it really helps me to craft my story. And so now this time of year, we're going, we're right now in, in the calendar year, we're coming up on Christmas. So do you uh, change the Kenny G regular to Kenny G Christmas music now? No, 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 no. Oh, it's right. just jazz music <laughs> all the time, just all normal right. jazz music, no Christmas. Right on. Just jazz. Right on. Uh, so what is it that you love about storytelling in general or writing as well? Well, here's the thing. I think we learn best through stories. You know, you can tell somebody something, but if you equate it to a story, I'll tell you my grandchildren, I have five grandchildren and they can get rowdy. You know how grandchildren are. But if I set them down and say, hey, Big Hay's got a story. I got something I want to tell you I really need. They'll sit there for hours 
and they'll listen to those stories. As soon as I get through the stories and I start preaching to them or start telling them, they're like gone. But when I'm telling a story, they lock in. And I think it's the same way with adults. When you go to hear great speakers, if they're up there giving you a bunch of data, you know, and statistics and analytics to things, it's like, man, this is pretty boring. But when they tell you to lean in, they've got an important story, they've got something, you can identify with it. And the more levels of detail you can put into the story, the better you hold their attention because they visualize themselves in that place. Mm -hmm. And I think it's very important to hold people's attention to tell great stories. So it's really about kind of connecting that on that personal, that deep level. Isn't sure. it? Uh, does that translate over into uh, your mastermind group? So, so Aaron, I know you, you run mastermind groups. So for the right. listeners to storytellers network um, and it's called iron sharpens iron. Right. When, when you think of yourself as a storyteller, does that translate into that as well? Do, do you guys tell stories to get your points across? Yeah, I think it goes, Dan, to every part of our lives, just to be honest with you, regardless whether you're in sales, whether you're telling the story or whether you're at church teaching a Sunday school lesson or whatever it is, the more stories that you can tell, the better. It's just people remember it. They don't remember the data and the facts, but they remember those stories. And year in and year out, I have people come back. Do you remember when you told this story? Do you remember when you told this story? But when they never come back and say, oh, you quoted this statistic one time. And I, it's no, it's always, I remember it best when you told me that story. So we use it in Iron Sharpens Iron. We use it in View from the Top. I use it in coaching. I tell story after story after story every single day related to my 38 years of being an entrepreneur. I'd say, let me tell you a little story about when I was 35 years old and this happened. I'll tell the story. Let me tell you about what Robin and I did in 37 years of marriage. Let me tell you what we did at this point. Or let me take you back to when we first got married. Let me tell you a little story about that. They remember those things. I think storytelling is absolutely paramount for our success in whatever we're doing because people remember it. That's a great, that's a great point right there. I love, I love how you said that. Now, what's with that, it sounds so easy. What's one of your biggest challenges in storytelling? Well, keeping it interesting, uh, you know, the truth of the matter is when you're talking to a diverse audience, you want to be sure that your story is resonating with the audience. If it's one-on-one, it's relatively easy, but when it's a very diverse group, it's much more difficult. If you have both genders present, if you have, you know, senior adults along with millennials, or if you have, you know, it's very Uh, It's much more difficult, I would say, in uh, tailoring your story when the audience is so diverse. When it's one-on-one, it's much easier. Do you think different platforms of storytelling also present uh, different kinds of challenges? Yeah, I think uh, in-person live audiences absolutely are more difficult than it would be on a podcast interview. Or uh, It's much easier telling a story through written form, whether it be a blog or through a book, because you can edit and re-edit and edit some more and you can craft your message. But when you're like this interview right now, I've got to be very intentional, very deliberate. I've got to be paying attention because this is not rehearsed and we're going through... uh, different scenarios. And so, yes, I think the live aspect is much more difficult than it would be if you were doing it in written form. And do you think different, uh, you know, whether it's writing, you know, not only do you get to edit, but you get to really very deliberately think about it when you're doing a video, let's say, you know, it's maybe rehearsed or whatever, but is it, is it a different style of storytelling too? Do you build up to the, to the, to the climax differently if you're writing versus speaking? 
Well, yes, I think you do. And I think it's much easier to do it in written form, as we've already said, because you can choose your words. You can go back and edit those and put in a different word. You can change thematically where you're going. But when it's live, it's on the fly. You don't get that opportunity. You don't have that luxury to go back. And so I think the practice you know, Michael Port is a teacher that teaches people how to speak and Kent Julian and some of those guys that teach you how to speak. I've personally never done that. I want to because I know I have a lot to learn as well in public speaking and telling stories. Uh, I think my problem has been over the course of the past seven years, I talk too long, too much without taking a break. And I'm learning to try to give shorter sentences and take a break. And so I'm really deliberately trying to practice on that a little bit more. So yeah, I think it's different in every arena. Yeah. Do you have uh, a muse or an inspiration when it comes to your storytelling in general? You know, uh, I'm a person of faith. And so I pray regularly that God give me the things that I need to say to our audience. Some people may not be persons of faith, but for me, that's the insight, the inspiration. I read God's word. I pray on a daily basis for an hour to an hour and a half every day. And that gives me the inspiration that I need to tell the stories that I feel are applicable to that situation. And then do you, once you've, once you've had your, your time uh, with the Lord and you've, you've decided you're going to do this writing, do you set yourself up to, uh, in, a, in a quiet room, you know, no, no grandkids, maybe the headphones in maybe, but do you specifically have any kind of a, a ritual that you go through to begin a story? Yeah. What really in writing, you're talking yeah. about in, yeah. writing, in writing, I do much better outside than inside. I have a patio. I live in the woods. We've got a lot of acres of woods around us and there's a lot of nature. There's deer and turkey and birds and squirrels and all that stuff. And I really have a clear mindset when I'm outside of the office. It's much more difficult for me to write and craft a story in the workplace because there's other things that need to be done. There's reminders going off. You know, it's in a space where I'm taking care of business, but to be very creative for me, going outside really helps. Gotcha. That's, that's pretty incredible. I or in it. a place that I'm not as familiar with, right? Okay. When I go on vacation, I can really craft uh, messages when I'm on the beach, when I'm in the mountains, uh, the further away from home I get, the more creative I get. Okay. It's just that it separates the work and you get out of that frame of reference and it allows you to go to a different space mentally. And I'm much better writer when I'm away. Gotcha. Uh, A slight shift from writing. What I love about you, Aaron, one of the things that that I enjoy in being friends with you on Facebook and seeing everything that you do. um, And listeners, we're talking to Aaron Walker, uh, businessman and life coach and uh, author of View from the Top. One of the things I love, Aaron, is that you, is your Facebook live. Mm. you you always there again you're a storyteller I Mm. feel like I could just sit and listen to you just tell me anything you want to tell me and I'll just listen and learn Mm. are those pretty pretty purposeful and laid out or do you just kind of go off the cuff how do you deal how do you work in that Facebook live storytelling world it's kind of the same inspiration as I talked about earlier I really think through the things that I feel are valuable and but sometimes I'm inspired to do different things and it's kind of funny in those that are visually seeing us now I'll throw up my phone and go big a coming to you live from the station <laughs> camp Greenway and I, I oftentimes will change my message after I say that it's like I feel really led to say a certain thing. So they're a little bit tailored 
to take you to a certain place. But oftentimes, some of the best ones that I've ever done was through a sense of inspiration. Maybe something I'm dealing with. Maybe many, many men are dealing with a certain situation in their life. This morning, I did one on real estate because I've been seeing and hearing a lot lately about real estate. And I'm like, you know what? I've got 38 years experience in real estate. I think today would be a good topic for me to talk about some of my past experiences in real estate. And so I'll oftentimes tailor the message to fit whatever the need is presently in our community. But many times it's just factual things of life that I've experienced or in our marriage or with children or grandchildren. Uh, It's not tailored to the point that I won't change it. I will, I'll change it on a dime, but I try to thematically take us through a certain arena over a course of time and then I'll switch gears and go to the next thing. So a little bit structured, but not a hundred percent. Interesting. Very cool. So uh, yeah, so different than sitting down for a book, a Facebook oh, live. Yeah, maybe it's totally, different. <laughs> totally different. The book, we're very strategic. It's mapped out. We have the manuscript. We have the outline. We know exactly where we're going. With the Facebook lives, not as much. Yeah. Uh, so what, so as we're talking about storytelling and how to be a better storyteller, oftentimes inspiration will come from other stories. You know, personally, sure. I love to look at other writers or other speakers, this kind of thing, uh, podcasters mm-hmm. as, as my inspiration. What would you say is your favorite story or, or maybe your biggest inspiration of a story? Well, here's the thing, Dan, and you know from following me for a period of time, I'm very transparent. I'm very vulnerable. Uh, I don't get up there and give you the Facebook persona all the time. There's trials that I experience in my personal life. There's, you know, you cut me, I bleed. I mean, I'm a real person. I deal with real feelings and I deal with real things and life challenges just like you do. You never get to an age or an income position where you quit dealing with troubles and trials. A lot of the things that I teach are out of eras that I've committed over the years. And I don't want you to commit that same error or I want you to go down that same path. And I try to fire warning shots to people all the time. Partnerships is a big thing. I've had multiple partnerships and I'm warning people, be careful. You know, this is a dangerous thing and it sounds sexy and it sounds fun. My buddy I graduated with, we're going to start a business. I'm like, hold on. There's a lot to talk about. And here's some of the things that I've experienced. You know firsthand that I was in a horrible automobile accident uh, in 2001 where I took the life of a pedestrian by accident in a car wreck. And that radically changed my life. I don't want people to go through devastations to make good choices. And so for me, I had to learn the hard way. I was a knucklehead, so I had to learn the hard way. But for me, now teaching how to live a life of success and significance came directly out of a hardship, a very, very, very horrific automobile accident. And I'm telling guys all the time, listen, you need to watch your health because most people go on a diet after they've had a heart attack or most people, you know, implement good strategies once they've had a failed relationship or a partnership. And I'm saying, think through this now before that happens. And so a lot of the things that I teach come out of life experiences rather than just an inspiration from someone else. So much like, like Romans tells us, you can take something terrible, make something good out of it by learning from it, right? Well, the thing is, is I don't believe God wastes any failures, right? And we only learn in the valley. We never learn on the mountaintop. We never learn through success. We only learn through failure. And so I just want to encourage you that whatever's happened in your life to you, it's not the defining moment of your life from hereafter. It was a point in time in your life. And we choose to get up and move forward. And that's what I elected to do after the accident. 
It took a long time to work through that, but I chose mentally to get up and push forward. And that's what I'm trying to help people do. It's your decision. It's like happiness. It's a choice, not a trait. And we elect to be happy. It, this doesn't happen naturally. And it's the same way with the decisions that we make in our life on a daily basis. Great stuff, Big A. That's uh, inspirational and deep. Uh, something to think about definitely for the listeners. Let's switch gears just a little bit and get into a little bit of maybe tactical, a little bit of practical sure. stuff here. Sure. With all of the noise out there in the world, whether it's social media, all these different avenues to go down, all, you know, Snapchat to Instagram to Facebook to whatever else, right? Um, how are storytellers supposed to get their stories out today? Yeah. Here's the thing. There are so many platforms out there that you could use. And we've got a pretty good audience now and it's pretty diverse and uh, it's growing pretty rapidly. But we have chosen to go after those folks on just a couple of platforms. We only have a couple of platforms. There's Snapchat this and all this, you know, Pinterest, you name it, it's out there. And what Greg McCowan talks about in his book, Essentialism, most people are an inch deep and a mile wide. See, we want to be an inch wide and a mile deep. Hmm. And the only way you can do that is to focus on one or two platforms. You don't have the bandwidth or the energy to do all the platforms. Nobody does. Now, if you're huge and you've got a big team, that's a different story. But if you're a solopreneur or you're a small entrepreneur and you want to get your message out, you can be as effective as you need to choosing one or two platforms and being an inch wide and a mile deep. That's what we've chosen to do here at View from the Top. Did you choose those platforms by thinking about your audience or thinking about you and what you enjoyed? How did you decide on those? Yeah, well, obviously we deal with men because uh, view from the top, we coach men and then Iron Sharpens Iron is a male. And so they're not on Pinterest for the most part, right? <laughs> and there's a lot of Snapchat, you know, the businessmen that I deal with are historically not on there. We do know that we have over a billion people on Facebook. And so most people, I can't say, you know, but the majority of the people have a Facebook page. It was just easier for us to reach the audience where they're already at. LinkedIn is another big one that we spend a lot of time on LinkedIn. Twitter is another one. So those are the three main platforms that we've chosen because the people that we're looking for are avatar men 27 to 55 years old, that's where they're at. And I felt like I don't need to reinvent the wheel and force them to go somewhere where they're not. I felt like I needed to tell my story where they're already active. And how do you think that those social media platforms affect storytelling today in general or for you kind of personally? Well, for me, here's the other thing kind of dovetail into second part of your question, though, is that if you're not going to do it consistently, don't even do it. Because if you think that you're going to get on any platform and do it for six weeks and build an audience, it's not going to happen. I've done three to four Facebook Lives for years now. It's consistency, and that's why I've built an audience there. Same way with blogging. We do three blogs a week, and we've done that for years. Now we have hundreds and hundreds of blogs. Uh, podcast interviews, over 500 now. I did 187 last year. Mm. I did 190 days this summer to promote our book. It's the consistency. And a lot of people are not willing to dedicate that kind of 
time, effort, and energy and the consistency. But your best tool, regardless of your platform, is the consistency. And I think about some of my colleagues like Dave Ramsey and Dan Miller. Dave Ramsey has not missed a show now in 25 years. He's on from this time to this time. He's done this for 25 years. Dan Miller, newsletter every Friday, 15 straight years, never missed once. You know, Darren Hardy goes on and on and on. The guys that are rocking it are consistent. And here's what people tell me. I tell them all the time, hey, get on and start doing this, do the inbound e-commerce, write the blogs. And they'll go, man, I did it for six weeks and I didn't get any response. I said, six <laughs> I wear shirts longer than six <laughs> weeks. You have got to get on there and be consistent, have a plan, have a schedule, have a strategy, and stay with it. Same way with these podcast interviews. We keep getting traction because I keep doing them. <laughs> and do I get tired? I get real tired of my throat. I go home at night, lay on the bed sometimes, man, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, I've squeezed every drop out of the towel. I have left nothing out there. I got nothing more to give. And then I'm excited. I get up and get to go do it again tomorrow because of the passion because of the purpose, because of the lives that are being changed as a result of it. And you've got to have that purpose in your life to keep that kind of motivation going forward. And when you do that, it's not that hard to be a storyteller because you're living it. You love it. You have that passion within you to get your story out. And it's a lot easier to tell it. And you mentioned earlier, Big A, about being brick and mortar earlier. Now you're a storyteller. You're doing this online stuff. You give everything that you do with podcast interview marketing, this kind of stuff. How did you get from brick and mortar to being this best-selling author, helping men around the world to live their life with more purpose? How did you get here? Well, I didn't even want to do it, just to be honest with you. Let's be totally transparent here. I retired three times. And when I turned 57 years ago, I retired. I said, I'm done. And Dan Miller said, that's the most selfish thing I've ever heard you say. And I said, why is that? I wanted to poke him in the eye. I'm like, why did you say that? He said, because what you're saying is, is I got enough for me. Good luck to the rest of you. He said, God gave you a talent to encourage, to empower, to lift people up, to teach them, to train them. And you need to coach. And I said, I'm not coaching anybody. And he said, give it a try. Dave Ramsey said, come do Entree Leadership Mastery Series. It'll be my gift. And I went, well, that's a $10,000 gift. Sign me up. So I went, <laughs> Dan Miller said, come do Innovate. And I'm going to tell you right now, Dan, I was headed home. It was on a Friday night and I got a text. And Dan Miller, we all live here in Nashville. And Dan Miller said, Big A, he said, did you see people leaning in, listening to your story, back to your story thing? And I said, uh, well, and actually, I did see him lean in. And he said, uh, you've got a story. I said, maybe I'm just a good storyteller. He said, no, you've got a message. You've got something to say. You've got all this experience. You need to coach. So anyway, Robin and I prayed about it. I thought about it. I started coaching. And we filled up pretty quick after doing some podcast interviews. Thank you to my buddy, Tom Schwab. He is the master at Interview Valet. And they absolutely have scheduled all of our interviews. They've done an amazing job. Karen over there rocks the house with scheduling these interviews for me on a regular basis. And we do them all the time. I do interviews all the time as a result of that. And I want to tell you, it's radically changed our business model because of the conversion rate, doing storytelling, doing podcast interviews uh, to get our message out, transformed me from a brick and mortar to an online space, strictly by just sharing deliberately and telling our story. But I have to take my hat off and give the kudos to Interview Valet. They have absolutely been a home run for us. 
Oh, that's really cool. Appreciate that. Um, yeah, I, I love, yeah, I, I'm also very, you know, transparently, obviously I work for interview valet. I've been friends with Tom for years. Karen is, is my concierge. Uh, she places me on <coughs> podcast interviews and man, it's, it's phenomenal, isn't it? It is so much fun talking story with people. Yeah. It, it, for full disclosure, I'm a partner in that business. So I don't yeah. want anybody to say, well, sure. You that happy with it. <laughs> well, because it works. Yeah. And it is a great organization and telling your story just works. People love to listen to it. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't be there if it wasn't amazing. I, I would just, I would find something else. So totally sure. agree. Um, at what point, so you've retired three times, you've, you've made a good life for yourself. You support your family, you do all this, this great, you help other men do this for their families and live, live with purpose. When did you realize at some point that, man, I, I've made it? Or, or do you think that you just keep trying to make it more and more? I think you got to be careful. And I know you didn't mean it the way that sounded. I never feel like I've made it. Mm -hmm. I never, uh, God has blessed us. He has given us an abundance and I'm very grateful. I don't think I'll ever feel like, Hey, I've made it big. A. am here. I've arrived. I don't want to ever feel like that. I want to be in constant personal development. I want to learn, you know, you could compare yourself to anybody on either side. We've done a little better financially than a few. And I haven't even scratched the surface compared to others. And I have surrounded myself. We're very careful with our inner circle. I want to pick people that can help stretch me and take me to a different plateau. But I don't think anybody ever gets to a point where they say, okay, I've made it because it's a gift from God and it can be taken away from us as quick as we've gotten it. So I think we've got to handle it with kid gloves every day and just be very grateful, show a great sense of gratitude to what God has uniquely blessed our family with. So I think it's a constant challenge to constantly be perfecting our story, learning and growing and inspiring others. Is it, is it, one of those things too, where it's, you're grateful for the milestones, but, and yet you want to continue to grow beyond them, right? Well, sure. Because there is a transitional period that happens in your life to where you say, well, I've got a little money to pay the electric bill, but what is the greater purpose for my life? What is it that I'm here for? What is the purpose uh, God put me on this earth. And it's not just to make money to build a bigger bank account. It's to help others live a life of success and significance. Like how is Dan Moyle's life going to be better as a result of having known me, right? That's where you have true success. It's not just how big is your bank account. It's how many people did you take with you? How many people did you empower? How many people did you inspire? How many people did you reach out to pour into and be the mentor that you should have been to impact their lives dramatically. See, people never care what you say. They only care about how you make them feel. And when you start making people feel important because they are, your life is going to be transformed radically. There's a 10x multiplier that happens when you help other people achieve their goals and dreams. And that is solely our goal here at View from the Top. That's a beautiful goal to have. Um, as, as we get away from uh, money in hand, cash in hand, and we move to electronics, you know, of course there's Bitcoin, no cryptocurrency, all this stuff now, but we also have technology to make things, 3D printers and this kind of thing. Do you ever see a point where that reputation, that helping others becomes more valuable to society? I mean, it's more valuable to us, but more valuable to society than money? Oh, that's a possibility. I haven't thought about that at all. I don't know that uh, relationships are ever going to be trumped by anything. Mm-hmm. 3D printers, you know, blockchain, Bitcoin, you name it. And those are all things that are out there, but nothing is ever going to trump a relationship between Aaron Walker and Dan Mole, right? 
me and Tom Schwab and other people. And I think that when we look at profit over people, we're headed down a dangerous path. Mm-hmm. And so I think people should always be more important. The relationships should always trump everything because without it, we don't have anything. And so my sole focus is on the relationship. So that relationship, that reputation building is, is, is important and always will be, always has been, always will be. Right? Yeah, we're never yeah. going to negate that ever. Yeah. Right? There's never going to be a point where that's not important. That's so true. Uh, so Big A, if you could only tell one last story ever, what would you want to oh, ever go out on? What would your last story be, do you think? Well, the thing is, as I've said earlier, I'm a person of faith and I always teach my children and my grandchildren to put their faith and confidence in Christ. First and foremost, that's the most important story I could ever tell them. But the second most, if you'll allow me to, is to develop a mindset to believe in yourself, to believe you can do it. Because I'm a total believer outside of physical limitations. There's nothing out there that you couldn't do if you set your mind to it. My mom had a saying, can't, couldn't do it, and could, did it all. She would not allow us to say the word can't. She'd say, you might not be able to do it, but you're going to try. Well, by pushing me through that upper limit challenge, it has built self-esteem and self-confidence, which gives me the ability to try other things. There's nothing out there that I want to attempt to do. I mean, it's, they're scary, right? And I get that. And a lot of people are fearful. They're afraid. And I teach people to not be afraid. Other people are not sitting around talking about your successes or failures. And I simply suggest that if you'll develop a mindset of I can do something and fear missing an opportunity more than you fear failure, you're going to have huge success in your life. And shortly on the heels of that is a great amount of significance. So that's the story I would like to leave the audience tonight. Believe in yourself and fear missing an opportunity more than you fear failure. It's a beautiful thought to leave it on, Aaron. I appreciate it. Uh, so, Big A, if anybody wants to find you, what's the easiest way to, to do that? Yeah, just go to viewfromthetop.com uh, and all the social media platforms are there. My email is there, my phone number. I'm pretty easy to find. So, if you want to connect with us and if you have any interest whatsoever in being involved in a mastermind group that will change your life radically, uh, make an application to join Iron Sharpens Iron Mastermind Group. And I promise you, your life will never be the same. The transformation that will happen in your life is a result of surrounding yourself with non-biased people, people that you can trust will radically impact your life. So reach out, viewfromthetop.com, make an application to join us in our mastermind. And I promise you, it will change your life. Perfect. Big A, thanks so much for being here with me today uh, and for telling your story to our storyteller listeners, man. You're awesome, Dan. We'll see you, buddy. Have a good one. See you. Oh, man, that was incredible. Thank you to our guest, Aaron Walker, Big A. Be sure to visit Aaron online at viewfromthetop.com. You can find those links down in the show notes. And if you enjoyed this episode, please consider sharing it all over the place, all right? Twitter, Facebook, uh, LinkedIn, Instagram, Snapchat, email, text. Anywhere that you can share it with other storytellers is always helpful. We appreciate it very much. And please consider leaving us a review. To our partners at Casterly and Podcast Pilot, thank you. Thanks for making the world of podcasts a better place. Jamie J and the team are terrific humans in general. You'll be better off knowing them. Trust me. And without their support, the Storytellers Network would be just a dream. Until next time, here's to telling our stories and having stories to tell. Cheers. Thank you.